Yo, welcome back to another episode of On Spot Sports. I'm Jack and Tate. Obviously, we're joined by a very special guest, prof- professional hockey player for the Newfoundland Growlers, Todd Skirving. Todd played his junior hockey days in the BCHL, the British Columbia Hockey League, and the United States Hockey League in the USHL before going to Rochester Institute of Technology for four years of NCAA. And where after that, he got his chance to go play pro in the ECHL, the East Coast Hockey League with the Orlando Solar Bears, Utah Grizzlies, Atlanta Gladiators, and has spent the last four years with the Newfoundland Growlers in the in the coast in Newfie, as as well as getting an AHL call up to the Toronto Marlies this past season. So I'm really excited to get you on get you on, Todd. So welcome to the show, Todd Scraving. Yeah, thank you for having me. Quite the introduction. Suitcase, yeah. eh? It's <laughs> a little little bit of a suitcase, but who doesn't love suitcases? Yeah, it's always fun traveling, seeing the world, we get to do what we love to do, and we get to see places at the same time. Yeah, exactly. But to uh, start things off, like, how's your summer training going? Like, I know it's like mid midway part of the off season right now. So how's everything going with you? It's going good. It's starting to ramp up a little bit more now. Um, this season with, uh, you know, playing a lot more games than I, I have in previous seasons, I usually take a week or two off at the end of the season. I took about two and a half, almost three weeks this time just to get healed up obviously a little banged up from the run in the playoffs, but uh, yeah, starting to ramp up now, um, you know, skating, working out, uh, you know, four or five times, six times a week, depending on what's on the go. But uh, yeah, just trying to get out, get on the hiking trails, uh, just stay active and, and stay loosey goosey this time of year, uh, trying to enjoy the weather out here in St. John's when we get a sunny day. Yeah. I lo- love that answer. It's like, what, what is an off season like training schedule? Like, for you, like what, what's that like, like when you're on the ice, like what are you doing off the ice, like in the gym, what are you doing there? Yeah. So, you know, like this week, um, you know, we skate at 12, we got two ice times, Tuesdays and Thursdays this, uh, this week at 12, which is actually perfect. I like getting up around seven thirty, quarter to eight, get a little smoothie, a little breakfast in, then I'll head down to the rink here. Fortunate enough to just train at uh, the Mary Brown center there. Um, so I'll do my workouts there. Um, you know, have my snacks, protein shakes, whatnot there. And then, like I said, Tuesday and Thursday, we were able to skate. So it just kind of falls into a, an ice time session. Um, the ice times out here are great. Uh, like I was telling you earlier, it's it's two lines. It's usually an hour. Uh, it gets pretty competitive. They kind of do a little draft. So it's like a first line, second line thing. Um, so you're playing against some pretty good hockey players, you know, the local pro, pros that come back for the summer and whatnot. So it's a good setup. I can't complain. Um, you know, as I was telling you earlier as well, like I, I probably don't work out as much as I have probably in previous years. Um, last summer I toned it down a little bit, try to focus a little more on mobility, try to get on the hiking trails, try to do something that's different. Uh, you know, it kind of keeps your mind fresh, keeps your yeah. body fresh and kind of prolongs your career a little bit. So this past season, I felt a lot better on the ice by toning it down just a little bit in the gym, maybe skating a little bit more, um, and doing a little more mobi- mobility. So that's how yeah. it's been so far. Um, I'm kind of getting a little bit more of a niche now with getting halfway through summer. It feels like now, even though we started late, um, excited to hopefully be playing again here soon and uh, see where it goes yeah and like that's like a good like off-season training because like you're you put your body through so much during the season since you're practicing playing games that it's just nice to like relax and not like be on the ice or in the gym too much compared to like destroying your body during during the off-season compared to like when you have to go go to battle every night every day at practice at games like you're able to do that now since you're able since you're more recovered during the off season yeah yeah no it's definitely nice like for me 
you know, I got, I got this whoop on my wrist as you, as you can see, I don't know if you've heard of it, but it kind of retracts your recovery and sleep. Yeah. Probably the sleep coach of it's probably my biggest thing. Um, I've kind of had it for a few years now, so I kind of know how to use it and utilize it. I almost probably don't need it anymore, but it's something I'll focus on in the summers, you know, until the weekend comes when you're hanging out with the guys, it's more just trying to get your sleep every night. Um, you could see when I eat really well, um, you could see when I maybe add like dairy or some pasta or, you know, some heavier foods to my diet or even late meals. That's something that kind of, you know, hinders my recovery. So it's just doing those things in the off season. I feel like it's a lot easier. Um, you know, with games, you're usually amped up after a game and it's hard to uh, fall asleep right away. So I'm usually laying in bed like nine, nine thirty. Um, you know, some nights I'm falling asleep, 10, 10 30, you know, and sleep and, and nutrition is probably even more, more focused on in the summer. I, I do focus on it obviously in the season, but I feel like I have more time, you know, with meal prep, Sometimes when I have so much free time here, it's, it's just making sure I'm eating the best, best things possible. And out here on the rock, we got our fair share of uh, fresh seafood. So I'll be having crab legs and salmon tonight. So that'll help with yeah. recovery tomorrow. Oh yeah. There, there we go. got to get the good food in you. But yeah, I, I feel the, like, it's hard to sleep after games. Like after, after games this season, I wouldn't go to bed. So fall asleep to like three, four in the morning. And then you got a back to back and you still got to go up and play the next night. But like I, I feel the like amped up and like so like what do what do you do to help yourself like rest a little bit more during the in, during the season when you know you have trouble falling asleep? Yeah, sometimes and we got three and three, so usually it's a Friday, Saturday with a Sunday, you know, four o'clock game. Um, we have this uh, recovery uh, protein. Um, it's got a little melatonin in it, so I'll take a scoop or two of that, and I'll mix some tart cherry with that, and then we also have some like melatonin like capsules you could take as well I, I i didn't i felt like i dreamt way too much and i felt like i almost wasn't sleeping when i was taking those but yeah. i took the recovery sleep protein and uh tart cherry i take it's almost like a dessert it tastes like dessert to me i know some guys don't like the taste but a little choc yeah. chocolate cherry before bed so i usually you know get my meal on me and you know a little deep breathing sometimes just closing your eyes trying to focus on relaxing different body parts obviously some days it's easier than others but um and then like when I look back at it, like being 31 now until I got this whoop, I mean, I've been playing like this for years now, so it's not like it's anything different. It's just trying to find little tweaks and whatnot to maybe get a little bit more of an advantage. So I'm a little more recovered for the next day. So things like that, sleep, um, hydration, um, obviously getting a lot of fluids in me after games too is very important. I try to focus on on that as well. Being with our organization, we've been fortunate. We did a Gatorade test that kind of tracks how much sweat, you know, every player loses. So I was able to see those numbers, see what works for me. I was always drinking maybe a little too much water. Um, so it's getting, you know, BioSteel or Gatorade and, and some of those things mixed in just so I have a good combination of, of minerals throughout my body that uh, are being absorbed and it's not just going through me. So just little hacks that you kind of learn uh, the longer you play, you know? Yeah. Just, just the little things and just to do whatever you can to get that extra recovery especially like being like an older guy, like you got to find any time you can, any chance you can get to get that recovery mode going before anyone else is. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and you, and like, as you know, as you get older, you feel a little bit more recovery does take uh, a little bit longer. It's funny with this whoop thing. I got, yeah. a, I got a little bit of a, uh, a group with it with a couple of guys from the season last year. And it's funny seeing, you know, they'll be hitting green zones after two back to back, like a back to back game going yeah. in and I'm starting to drop into the yellow and you could just see the HRV and the, and the resting heart rates a little different. But uh, when I got a little more downtime, I'm usually crushing it. Cause I'm maybe doing a few more 
of the right things away from the rink. Uh, but uh, yeah, you can definitely see it. So it's very important. And as I get older, I, I feel like my nutrition has just naturally gotten better over the years. Um, yeah. Not just for hockey, but it's nice to just feel good, you know, every day, you know, and, and finding those things and finding that happy meeting between treating yourself and, and picking your go nights and, and whatnot. So it's been, it's been working well so far. I can't complain. And hopefully it uh, helps me play a few more years. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's the goal at the end of the day to play, play as long as you can. And like, whatever you got to do to do that, like you're going to do it no matter what. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Yeah. But I want to, I want to go jump into this season a little bit here. So you obviously were with Newfoundland, Newfoundland Growlers this year, as, as well as like the past four years and played, you played a ton of minutes, played 70 games, got 58 points. Like what, like for you personally, like what was this year like for you? I was fun. Um, I mean, the end result, obviously disappointing. Um, it's still, it's, I feel like it's almost like I'm finally starting to maybe get a little more over it now than I was say, even a week ago. Um, obviously, uh, playing as much as I did feeling like I had a little bit more of a offensive impact anyway. Um, was great and all and whatnot. Obviously it, everyone will tell you it's fun scoring. It's, it's fun, you know, contributing that way, but, um, winning is obviously the ultimate goal and, and, to come up short, you know, to the same team again and, and watch them kind of win. It's always a bitter feeling. So yeah, it was great. Um, it almost feels like it, it didn't really matter at the end of the day because we didn't win. And that's kind of how I've always looked at it. Uh, I think back to the year that we did win and, and it's funny because when you tell the stories, you know, guys are kind of always wondering, well, you know, that was so many years ago, but yeah. everyone remembers the team that wins and, and you, personally will remember the years that you won the most over years where maybe you had personal success. So it, personally, it was, it was, a, it was an exciting year. It was fun. It, it was cool to kind of just have that excitement. I felt like I haven't had that since probably juniors. Um, but obviously still disappointed <laughs> to this day that uh, we weren't able to win it all again, because winning is probably one of the best feelings in the world. And that's why we play. So. Yeah. Always, always tough when you play the, the entire season and then you end up, losing to the same team back-to-back years and then they go on to win win the win the kelly but like you, you just gotta look at even though it's tough you just gotta look at how the season went and how you did personally and just go from there and like eventually like i know I, it's tough but to get over like that hump of just being like down and then just going to next season being like i want to go win a kelly again yeah no it definitely makes you hungry for like the next year next season yeah. wherever that may be for anyone obviously uh i mean and all credit to florida i mean they're a good hockey team yeah um, they had a good core from the team uh, the, they won the previous year as well. So we knew we were in for a big test there. I, and I knew a couple guys on the team and I, I kind of just had that feeling when we ended up losing, I, I really just felt like they could win it all again. Um, and I, I've said it before, Florida, the Everblades kind of remind me, they've been around for, you know, handful of years. Now they kind of remind me of like a Boston Bruins or a Pittsburgh yeah. Penguins and they just got to make the playoffs. I think they're the four seed seventh overall in the Eastern conference going to the playoffs it doesn't matter with a team like that, that has that experience that, you know, has that, that way and knowing how to win. Um, so like I said, they were a good team. There's a good test for us and obviously we're disappointed, but uh, you know, hats off to them. They, they did have a good team and it just ultimately proved how good they were. Obviously they were able to win it back to back years. So that's just part of the game. You know, we play to win um, there's ups and downs. And like you said, yeah. there, there's personal things that I could take away obviously from this season that I was able to grow within my game, play more minutes, have a bigger role. And then there's things, I mean, you can always look in the mirror and find things to, uh, to work on as well. So it's, it's always about improving yourself, uh, improving those around you, uh, both on and off the ice. 
Yeah, and like throughout like all the like the personal success you've had this year, you also earned an AHL call up to the Toronto Marlies where you got to play in a game. So like take us through like that experience getting the call, partaking in warm-ups and then getting in getting into the actual game. Yeah, that was crazy. Um uh since my first year here I've been fortunate to just build a good relationship, you know, from people within the organization, whether they're with the Leafs Marlies or, or the Growlers, I've been surrounded by a lot of good people. Um, that call up was, is kind of crazy. Um, we just came back from the Florida Norfolk trip. Um, we got back Sunday night, I believe. Um, and I had a missed call from Ryan Hardy. Um, so I, and I honestly thought it was just him congratulating me because I'd scored my 30th goal, I think the night before or whatnot. And, and a lot of the brass within the organization usually reach out with a text and have always kind of congratulated me congratulating me on milestones so when I saw that missed call I said he's probably just congratulating me on like 30 and 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 for a split second I said to myself in my head I'm like maybe I'm getting called up like joking around like really quick and I'm like yeah it's not a big deal so I I went down the stairs at the the airport there and I called him back no answer right away and I just said hey sorry Mr. Call just we just landed uh give me a shout uh when you get a chance and before I can even I think send that text he was calling me and so Long story short, he kind of just said, you know, we had a conversation last summer about, you know, contracts and situations and whatnot. And obviously what you do for the organization, we're very appreciative of it. Um, we got some bodies banged up right now. Um, you've been playing very well. And I want to get you in the game on Wednesday in Hartford. And, and he's like, what do you think about that? And I was just like, well, let's go. Like, of course, like, yeah, like, sure, we'll do it. So we get off the phone and I'm like, I can't believe that this is actually happening. So I go up to Horns or equipment manager said, horns and he's like i already know he's like your stuff will be packed you're good to go i was like all right i was like okay i gotta call my parents now so my parents were flying in monday night because they were coming up to visit for the next homestand they had we had three games in three days against fall so i called them and i just said all right i got good news and bad news and they said well what's the good news or what's the bad news is like well when you guys get here tomorrow i might not be here and they're like well what's the good news i was like i just got called up to toronto marley's so they were like, holy man, like, let's go. So they, so they flew in Monday night. Um, it's funny because my mom has never been able to see me play a pro game yet. My dad has. So um, they get in here Monday night and I was talking with uh, some of the people up with the Marlies there. And, and long story short, they flew me, my mom, my dad out Tuesday morning to meet with the team. We got into Hartford Tuesday night, played the game. Uh, really cool experience. Kyle Clifford came up to me and asked if I wanted a, a hot lap. And I, I was like, really? He's like, yeah. He's like, you want one? I was like, all right, yeah, sure. 30-year-old Ricky here, I'll take a hot lap, I guess. Probably, I was more nervous for that hot lap than I was to play my first pro game, probably. <laughs> I get out there and I slid it right along the ice, fan on it. Second shot, hits the net. Third shot, like, goes wide. I, like I said, my nerves are going. Then once that hot lap is over, I was like, this is just another hot game, or uh, yeah. regular game for me. So it was a pretty cool experience playing with those guys. Um, and then playing with some guys that obviously played with the growlers and being able to kind of be reunited with them. So they made it very, very fun. Um, for those that know, I walk into the rink, um, with my speaker before every game and I always have a song on it and I, it, I didn't change myself when I went up there. I, I did it right there too. And it was funny just seeing some of the guys kind of smile and laugh at, you know, just me being who I am and whatnot, yeah. but probably one of the most memorable, one of the top three most memorable, you know, of my hockey career experiences um, for them to fly my parents out and then, and then fly us all back on the Thursday. Um, and then the gear didn't make it. So I didn't play Friday. 
um, and then played Saturday, Sunday. So that was one of the games that I missed this year. My gear didn't make it, but uh, I was scheduled to have a, you know, a game off that weekend us with some of the older players as we're getting closer to playoffs. So it was either play with new gear Friday or give it till Saturday, Sunday and, and play those games. But uh, no, definitely very grateful for the, for that opportunity from the organization. Like I said, it's something I'll never forget. Me and my parents and I are all, you know, obviously grateful for that whole experience. Like I said, they probably didn't have to do any of that, but they made it kind of like almost like my NHL moment in the American league. So like I said, it was one of the cooler experiences I've ever had. Yeah. That's a, that's a cool experience to just be able to have like your family there, like have some of your new few teammates there as well. And then just to like get that hot lap, like rookie rookie lap as a 30 year old, like there's not nothing better than that. And like, you're going to, you're going to take that like going like, throughout like all the things that you've learned throughout playing in the coast and then get finally getting your shot in the American league. Like what were some of the biggest things that you took away from getting to the AHL? I think just like, really, I really soaked it in. I knew it was probably, maybe it might probably be my only game I ever played in the American league. So I was really trying to just embrace everything from like the top end meals. I mean, we get pretty good here in Newfoundland, but just to a national league pregame, postgame, like meal, um, just the way we're treated. Um, just really asked a few questions, obviously just try to, you know, get as much information as I can. Um, and just for me, it was just more really just trying to enjoy it, but also be ready to play. Um, we ended up losing that game in, I think it was overtime. Um, so obviously you want to go up there, you want to win, you want to do what you can to help the team. So for me, it was really looking up when I got on the ice, you know, really soaking in the warm up uh, after the anthem, just kind of looking around and, and that rink in Hartford is, is one of a kind. It, it's massive. So it was just, you know, just being very grateful for it, but knowing that there was a job to be done and, and you know, just for me, really soaking it in. I, I know it sounds cliche, but uh, taking that away from it, um, the pay, people always ask, you know, like what was the difference? And I, I, for me, it was, obviously it's probably a little bit quicker that that just makes yeah. sense. And that just probably has to do also with passing. Um, passing was pretty on the money. There wasn't too many errant pass where you might get that at our level. Um, physicality. I mean, like I was 30, so, I, you know, I, I'm a little bit stronger, so I'm kind of used to it in the sense that, you know, those guys at the American league are a lot of prospects um, and just being in the right position at the right time. So I thought that made, I almost thought that the game might've been almost easier because more times than not, the guys around you are doing their job all the time. If they're not and there's a misassignment, it's usually in the back of the net. So um, those are some of the things. And, and just, you know, just trying to encourage. It was nice to play that game to be able to help our young guys that haven't played there yet. I'm um, just using it as another tool in my toolbox to uh, kind of share my experience and, and help my teammates and, and those around me as they move up in their careers as well. Yeah, that's uh, that's awesome that you with everything that how it went down, like everything you learned and that you're able to soak in throughout that moment. And then even just being being able to take that experience back to the guy, to especially the young guys in Newfoundland, like you're the assistant captain there. So you're you're a big on the leadership role there. So like, what does it mean to be on that leadership role and have have an A on your jersey? It's definitely an honor, especially if you look back, we were able to win in our first year and have guys like, you know, Adam Party, who wore a letter um Alex Gabranson some guys that you know played at a very high level I mean parts played several years in the National Hockey League and then to be with you know our captain James Melindy who's been you know kind of our organization is where it is today because of his leadership yeah. so like I said when I got kind of got voted on or I guess picked I'm not sure how they 
don't know if they asked the leaders from the previous year, but uh, definitely, like I said, an honor. I don't take it lightly. It's something I take great pride in. Um, obviously, when we get guys at the pro level, everyone's probably worn a letter at at some level of their career. So it, it's just, you know, reminding them that just because I have a letter doesn't mean that they can't, you know, lead as well. So uh, just being able to help the guys, um, being a part of like the PHPA and the executive committee now even, it's just trying to be a helpful tool in their in their toolbox, um, answering questions, directing them where they uh, might have uh, questions. Um, but yeah, it's like I said, it, it's it's an honor. Um, I think uh, you know I'd like to say our organization is a lot better. Well, not better, but uh, we get a lot of resources. We get a lot of help from the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Marlies. So I just think the way that you know we, we it's a high class organization. We have high expectations, but uh, it's something like I said, I take great pride in. It's fun to be here. It's exciting to always, you know, have a chance and, and uh, you know, be able to do what we do. Take you back to that 2018-2019 uh, season when those are new fee and you ended up going on to win the Kelly Cup throughout, throughout that year or at the end of the year. So, like, take us through that year, your first experiences in Newfoundland and then to ultimately win the Kelly Cup at the end of the season. Well, that was crazy because uh, that was after my first year pro going my second year. So I was actually in Atlanta for like training camp and that's when they got a new coach. And then about a week before the season, he, he kind of axed a, a bunch of us returners and brought in some of his own guys. So uh, I was kind of sitting around, not really knowing what I was going to do. And it was when I got a call from John Snowden. Well, I reached out to him uh, and just, if he hears anything, like, let me know. Like if you can help me with something in the ECHL, I would like to stay at this level, obviously. Yeah. Um, so long story short, within a couple of days, Snowy had a conversation with coach Ryan Clo at the time. And he got me, um, well, basically he said, Hey, can, are you okay with this contract? Blah, blah, blah. And I said, just send me it. I'm in like, I'm going to the Newfoundland Growlers. You're part of the Maple Leafs organization. Like uh, I'm in. So I flew out. I remember Monday night, I got in like Tuesday or Tuesday, at like 1am, 2am, that late flight to Newfoundland and then uh, played Tuesday night against Adirondacks. So it happened real quick. I remember when I got off the plane, I didn't, I knew where Newfoundland was, but I didn't realize how far out we were. I got off in like a track pant and a sweater and it was pretty, you know, pretty chilly up uh, by the airport. So that was my first taste and then playing. Um, but uh, Newfoundland's a great spot. Um, good nightlife, good food, good people, um, you know, good facility that we got there. Um, and then just kind of, I remember just morning skate, you know, cause I was playing in the South. Um, obviously each division's got a little bit of a different taste. I'd say this maybe a little bit more pace, um, not maybe not as physical, but uh, you know, a little bit more, I mean, a little bit more skills, probably not fair to say, but you just got that, that different uh, style play up here in the Northeast division. Yeah. I remember after morning skate though, I, I called my dad and said that like, it, it's fast here. I was like, I don't know if I can keep up. I remember the morning skate was fast. And uh, so I kind of just got to work and just really try to work and round out my game and, and get back into it and really feel I'd taken about two weeks off after getting released from Atlanta. So, but the, I kind of just realized I was like, this team is like, you know, good. They're, they got pace, they're fast. They got some skill. Um, and then as the season went on, you know, you had games that we were winning that maybe we shouldn't have won. We got goalies that stole games. Um and just finding the way to string wins together. Um, and then we lost our head coach, Ryan Klo, and that's when Snowy stepped, did a seamless job stepping in. And we had Daryl Williams, you know, join our team and, and who's obviously got his track record speeds for itself. Um, and then from there on, it was just going on the run. And, and with that group, it just, it's, 
you kind of know, I mean, you get that feeling of when you have something special, you still got to go and play the games. And then for us to kind of win it, we thought we maybe should have won in Toledo from our performance. But uh, I think it was way better that we won it at home because that was quite the seven to 10 days following that win that night alone. Uh, and then winning it all was, you know, like I said, I talk about it a lot because everyone remembers those moments more than, you know, 30 goals, you know, it's, it, everyone wins or remembers the championship. So definitely something I got the, you know, I got my Jersey up on my parents wall with the photo and whatnot. Uh, we even got to have a day. I got lucky because uh, Canada had a holiday. So I got like three to four days with it in uh, Thunder Bay. So was able to share that moment with family and friends and, and whatnot. But uh, you know, something I want to do again, obviously when you win once you get a taste of winning uh, you want to keep winning. So hoping to do that again in the future yeah so you guys go on to win the kelly cup that year and like you talk about all like the emotions that go through someone's head when you when you win a championship so like as that buzzer struck struck zero like what were the emotions going through like i'm sure it was a huge party and like newfoundland has a great nightlife like you said so i'm guessing everything was buzzing after that yeah, it was crazy. Just jumping on the ice. I remember I texted my parents before I had a GoPro camera on and I said, thank you for everything. I'll text you or I'll text you when I get, get a chance. I love you both. And and that was it. Um, and just, it was just kind of like, we did it, you know, like all the, all the sacrifices you kind of make, like all the people that made sacrifices for you, it kind of comes full circle and you're just like, wow, what a relief. Like you, you finally kind of did it. You know, it's, it's, it's a crazy season of ups and downs. And like I said, the sacrifices playing injured and, and just kind of grinding through, um, especially at the ECHL level, a little bit more flying, a little bit more busing. And um, yeah, it was crazy. And then I remember FaceTiming, you know, my parents from the ice um, and from the locker room. I'm trying to remember. I feel, I want to say we might have left the rink at like 12, 12 o'clock, maybe even one, had like a private party just across the street at Sundance, I think it was. Um, I don't know if it's a place anymore. I think it closed down, but uh, we did a private gathering there. And then I remember going back to the rink and then, you know, kind of a little after celebration. Um, and then, you know, kind of maybe going to bed at 6 a.m. I, I, I remember I remember using pictures to kind of piece it all together. And then I remember waking up. I remember kind of just my phone went off around 10 a.m. And uh, I remember it was a text message in the group from Brady Ferguson. And it, I think it said something like brunch or mimosas or, or something and i was like man i'm so tired i was like i was like just about to roll back over and like go back and continue sleeping i was like well i guess this is what you do when you win and then up showered boom me and my roommate i think hudson on like at the time i think he made it home that night um and how uh, we just continued on and it was it was like seven days straight um i remember the one day that we kind of were kind of uh relaxed it was, we had some of the guys that were still in town at my place and i remember i think it was st louis blues were in the Stanley Cup final so we just watched that game at my uh, my place there but we had a parade um we ended up on George Street the stage there might have been over a thousand people it was it was off the charts I mean I, I you know before every season I kind of rewatch those videos again yeah. um get that itch you know just that excitement of you know what your ultimate goal is because you want to do that again like I said it's it's pretty crazy feeling when you're when you're in that moment and the only way to do it is to win. So you can't get that moment without winning. So it's kind of, like I said, the ultimate goal every season. Yeah. And like those memories are going to show up every, every year. And like, like you said, you get excited for it. you get excited to go, hopefully go do it again. And it just pushes you like on those days in January and February when things get rough during the season. Cause 
your body's taking a beating and then just uh have that like little push to help you get past that like that's and you're like i'm gonna go try to do everything i can to go go win another kelly cup because that's that's what i want to feel again yeah the dog days especially the january february where it's just kind of right after the ulcer break there's a little bit of a lull um there's no real break at all obviously until playoffs and well not even a break there's just no real break in the schedule it's just a lot of games a lot of hockey you tend to practice less and you play more games and travel more so it's getting you know through that january february and then you get into march april now it's getting that everyone starts getting that itch you know the sheet gets tighter um the games get you know more meaningful everyone's fighting for those playoff spots and and positioning so yeah no it's it's definitely a grind and it's exciting like i said it's it's the most exciting time of the year you you play all year to go make the playoffs and give you just give yourself a chance so that's all you could really do is just get yourself in and, and see what happens from there yeah a- absolutely absolutely 100 percent. but i want to jump into your first year of professional hockey a little bit here so you, this is where you were a bit of a suitcase played with orlando solar bears for 19 games utah grizzlies for six and then back and then back towards the towards the south in atlanta with the gladiators and played 19 games there so what was that first year of professional hockey like and just experiencing like that suitcase life i was a whirlwind um you know uh injured myself senior year at rit so i didn't play from january 7th till about mid-july finally was able to start you know playing again um at the time, I think Drake Berhowski, head coach at the Solar Bears, had made a call to RIT, and Brian Hills reached out to me and just kind of said, you know, I pumped your tires a little bit, kind of just said what you did for us, and, you know, give yourself an opportunity there. So was able to go down there and make the team. Um, did Toronto Marley's camp there first because that was their affiliation at the time. Um, so loved Orlando, loved the fans, uh, loved my teammates, um, played very well, um, ended up getting my first concussion. Uh, don't fight heavyweights. It's not recommended. <laughs> Obviously not knowing my way around the league. I got into it for Google, who I didn't really know who was at the time. That's a tough guy. That's a tough that's customer. Guy. I had no idea what I was doing or who I was fighting. Um, but it happens. Um, he was uh, respectful with the whole situation too. I ended up playing the rest of the game because I, I I just, you know, I, I felt fine, but like I was almost ramped up that I wasn't fine. So I ended up hitting my first concussion. So I missed a, a period of time about, you know, a month there. And then, uh, when I came back, you know, continue to play, you know, well, I was kind of 10th forward. I was only, and they only had 10 forwards. So I was in our lineup, which was fine. First year pro just trying to help out where I could. And then, um, Mar- I think the Marley's at the time had sent down some players and kind of was just the odd man out and got shipped off to Utah. So that was crazy. Um, I, I was never comfortable, but I thought I'd, you know, was doing a really good job at what I was doing, but sometimes it's a number game, obviously being a rookie or more expendable in this league. Um, as to guys that maybe establish themselves, obviously me being fortunate to do that here in Newfoundland so far, um, went to Utah. I remember getting there and, um, seeing that most of their top players were the guys that were out. And I was starting to put kind of the pieces of how the ECHL works. And I remember told my dad, I was like, I'm going to give it everything I got, but to, like their top guys are out right now and they're coming back soon. And then we got a rapid city road trip coming up. I was like, I can kind of put two and two together, but I'm going to go out and do whatever I can, obviously. And it ended up being six games. And then I got a text from the coach that whatever day it was and said, Hey, can you come see me before practice? And I I jokingly said to the guys, cause I was still in a hotel. They're like, Oh, you're finally going to get your apartment scourge. I said, boys, there's no way I'm getting my apartment. That'd be great. But I was like, I'm probably getting shipped out. And then obviously had the conversation and he said, we put some feelers out and Atlanta kind of jumped all over it. 
Um, but I felt a little more at ease with that trade. Whereas at Utah, I didn't really know where I was going or getting myself into or the division, but I was like, I'm going back to the South division. I have more familiarity with the players, the style. I just felt better. So when I got to Atlanta, um, Chuck Weber, um, coach there kind of just said, you know, this is what your, we see your role as being, um, and, you know, take it and run with it. So I ended up playing every game the rest of the season with Atlanta and we were in a playoff race and we were able to actually make the playoffs that year for the first time in a while with that team. So we ended up getting swept by Florida. Of course, Florida, I now realize that Florida's knocked me out three times, but at least I was able to beat them the one time, right? Get my Kelly yeah. cup. Um, That's all that matters. The one time. Yeah. The one time. So, but that was a cool experience because I, I got to play a lot more than what I had with the previous two teams kind of have a bit of a role and, and just buy into it and do what I can to help. Um, and then even get some playoff games, you know, I, I going into this or two seasons ago, I remember just kind of looking back and realizing if I look at the course of my career, I've been fortunate to play playoffs every single year, except I mean, in college, for the most part, most team, everyone makes it right. Yeah. Um, juniors. I didn't make it uh, my first, first two years, one year in the BC league and my first in the SHL. And then I made it from like there on out. So I've been very fortunate. I think, you know, a lot of guys, don't get that opportunity. So it was, like I said, it was cool to do that. My first year pro get that little bit of taste, you know, and, and kind of see what it, what it's like. And then was able to kind of use those experiences at the, you know, those four games that we got just kind of how hard it really is. And then seeing it come full circle the following year. And then, you know, just coming up short the past couple of seasons, it's like I said, it's really, really hard to win. And, and sometimes people don't realize that, you know, you might have a really good team. You get to the playoffs, you see upsets all the time. It's, it, it's a whole nother level. Everything's got to be raised. You know, it's yeah. you got to back check every time you can't back check just nine out of 10 times. That one time you don't back check might be a goal and, and goals in the playoffs. I mean, you watch the national league. It's, they're not the prettiest goals. It's, it's chip in. It's, it's the grind, the grind goals. It's, it's, and that's just playoffs. And like I yeah. said, it's, I, I don't take that for granted either. Like I said, it's, it's awesome. Always having opportunity the last, you know, handful of years now to at least, compete for a championship and that's that's all i want to do at the end of the day is just is when it's like i said it's the best feeling in the world <laughs> yeah it's the, your first year was a bit of a wild wild turn but like you still got to experience a lot of different places the south and then i believe like it's the mountain division there or something like that you experience like the west coast of our side of things so like and everyone always has like that like one story that sticks out in like your first few games of pro. So like what was that story for you? Um trying to think. I mean, my stallmate was Daryl Bootland. So that's a that's a pretty that sticks out pretty good, right? I mean, hearing yeah. the stories, that was actually that was probably pretty cool just hearing the stories. I mean, that guy's been through it all, right? So it was yeah. really cool to hear some of the things that he would talk to. Sean Zimmerman, a guy who played pro for many years, hearing stories. I feel like it's always like the stories that you hear and the things that you learn along the way that people you meet. Um, I was being, I was able to be reunited with my junior teammates, Kyle Rankin. Um, so that made it easier going down there. Um, but I think it was just, I don't know if there's one particular moment, at least in my rookie year was, I almost look back and realize I was almost like a deer in a headlight in a sense that like, I was always just trying to be a sponge and listen and, and just obtain information and, and get to know people and create connections. And, and just try to get better every day while doing that. Um, but for me, I guess maybe even getting traded was a big, like, you know, this is the, this could be the pro life. This is the ECHL level. Um, you know, it's not where you play college for a team for four years. You're safe. It's, you kind of got to go to work every day and yeah. 
and earn your job each and every day. Not that I wasn't, but it just kind of just really shows you it, it don't really matter who you are. I mean, you can kind of get shifted at any time. It's sometimes a team's losses and other teams needs. And that that's what it's like at the pro level, getting assets and whatnot. So um, just, you know, being able to handle adversity. I feel like I've, you know, been able to do that well throughout my entire career. Um, maybe sometimes better than others, but uh, no, like I said, it's just being more grateful now for those experiences because for me, it's, you know, some of the rewarding parts now is being able to share those stories, share those things that I learned my first year, especially um, winning, losing now, obviously the past couple of seasons, being able to share that with some of our younger guys and, and then kind of go see them move on to the the American league or high leagues overseas. I think I tweeted out, you know, last week and seeing some of those guys finally get their sniff at the NHL. I feel like just being able to know that I was able to maybe share something with them along the way. It just, that's, you know, that's my NHL now is seeing those guys move on. Like, I mean, just as recently you got Mark Johnstone, um, who I was blind mates with. Um, he was my PK partner. We're the first two over the boards that, uh, Last season, he was started on the ECHL deal, worked himself on American League contract, played in the American League full time last year, and now just signed a National League deal with the Pittsburgh Penguins. So, like for me, like that brings me excitement, that brings me happiness, knowing that, like you know, I was playing with him. Yeah, is one thing, but knowing that I was hopefully able to help him at some point, whatever it would have been, I don't know. Um, I never asked him, but just knowing that I had a piece and and a part in his path is just an excitement, and it's all credit to him because that guy is a workhorse, and and seeing those guys take things that you know they've been told or taught it's 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 rewarding to see them you know use something and 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 make it work and, and keep pushing it and then hopefully crack through like i said i I'm, i'll say it now i really think mark johnstone will play a national league game next year and i i might i might be more than one but i know i, I have a really good feeling that that guy will crack it and it's like i said those are just things along the way that you know from the lesson that i learned hopefully that can help guys along the way as well yeah, like that. That's what matters. Just have gain, like gaining all those experiences, and just being able to, uh, have like tell the younger guys, the younger generation, just to be able to help them get to whatever that next level for, for them is individually. So, like, what what are some tips you'd give like younger players looking to get to that next level, whether it be high school to college, juniors to college, college to pro, or just moving up the pro ranks? I think. I feel like my advice has changed and then sometimes it comes out differently, but the ultimate thing is you got to have fun. If you're not having fun and you're not really enjoying it, that's fine. I, I've said it before is maybe you have different interests and all power to you. There's, there's more than just hockey in this world. And yeah. I think at the end of the day, like you need to find a happy meeting and find a way to find things that make bring you happiness. Like for me, it's, it's always being at the rink, being with the guys, you know, playing hockey. So, and that's okay. And, and it might take you a while to identify that. So, having fun is probably the ultimate thing. Um, obviously there's going to be tough times and there's going to be highs and lows and it's finding a way to manage those. Um, I always say for me, it's just like, I never made it to national hockey. I obviously I'm probably not making it now and that's okay. Um, but it didn't change who I was or what I did. Um, for me, it's always being able to like, I can go to bed at night, look myself in the mirror and know that like I gave it my all. And that's okay. And, and sometimes your all might not get you to the national league. It might not get you to the highest level, but it might help you create those connections. It might help you get some playing time here and, and using hockey to do what you love for, make a little money. Um, maybe take some courses along the way for me. I was able to get me, you know, a degree with the help of my parents and whatnot. So it's just, it's, it's building that, you know, that network up through over the years that, yeah, maybe you don't make it to the national league and, and that's okay. It's not many people do. 
to make it at the ECHL level, not many people do either. And I think people don't realize that also. So it's just building that, that network along the way and asking questions, um, being coachable, um, reaching out, helping others. I mean, for me, I feel like sometimes when I have the most success, it's when I'm doing community stuff, get involved in the community. When I, when I, when I'm out there helping people around me, I feel like that brings me a little bit of happiness, um, which kind of continues onto the ice. Um, just helping those around you, obviously, you know, personal success, it always comes full circle. It's, you know, guys on my team, I'm asking the younger guys, you know, what they're doing and, and learning from our younger guys. And I feel like that's why I have had success the past two season. It's, it's, it's dabbing into those, uh, the younger guys or whoever's around you as well. So it's, it's always asking questions, being coachable, uh, just willing to just kind of just do whatever you can. And like I said, I, I can have peace of mind knowing that I gave everything I can. And, and it just so happened not to make me uh, not get to the national league, but maybe one day it's as uh, for me, like, you know, I got a new media marketing degree. So maybe it's a marketing thing with the national league. Maybe I make it that way. Maybe it's coaching or maybe it's scouting. It's there's not one path to say the national league. Cause that's kind of what we're talking about is hockey right now, but there's a lot of other things out there other than hockey. Um, we're just fortunate. We get to play a game for as long as we do it sometimes. So it's not taking that for granted. Um, there are bad days, like I said, but, uh, in those bad days, I try to ask myself, you know, whether it's a bad travel day or a delay or we're sleeping on the airport floor and whatnot, it's like someone's maybe sitting in a cubicle right now, which is not a bad thing, but yeah. like, I don't want to, I don't, would not like to sit in a cubicle one day. I'd like to be out and about whether it's in a rink, that's, you know, that's excitement for me. So it's, uh, always a little bit greener where we are. I would say, like I said, it doesn't take away from the hard days and whatnot mental, uh, health and whatnot but uh yeah it's just things like that being there for others and and keep grinding away yeah i i love that answer and like just going back to like having fun like like those are when you play your best games those are when you have like the best times because like you're playing like stress-free hockey like there's no attention and you're just out there like like a little kid just having fun playing playing the game and then like when you said like give it you gave it everything you have and like you know that so like it's like just living living life with no regrets like you're just trying to get to the highest level that you can if it's not the national it's not the national it's what's wherever wherever you feel that national league is for you and like so like i really love that answer and just uh it's not always about getting to the nhl ahl wherever it's just about to get to where you feel like the highest level is that you could feel achieved. Yeah. And it's not going to change. Obviously, you know, it doesn't mean I'm going to work out less now, or it doesn't mean I'm yeah. going to train less. It's, it's still continuing to try and get better every day. And, and uh, it's like learning all those life lessons, you know, through hockey that you can take into the real world. Like I said, this uh, like the, the sport of hockey or any, like I said, any sport, uh, any job in general, you can always take something that's going to, you know, enhance your life enhance your your toolkit and, and things that you can bring into the next whatever that may be yeah um so it's it's sports in general is very beneficial for me that's but it's kind of always been for me but maybe someone's in a dance maybe someone's in a music maybe someone's in art there's there's different ways to kind of use your skills and, and learn life lessons along the way but for me it's uh very fun to do it playing hockey yeah absolutely but i'll jump into your college and your junior days a little bit here. So you played four years at RIT Rochester Institute of Technology. So like what were those four years of college hockey like and just like trying to balance like that social life, the hockey life, the school life, like everything. 
I was, uh, it almost feels like a blur and just thinking of it now, um, as Wayne Wilson said on day one, it, it kind of flies by, you might not realize it right away, but I look back and that's, I think six years ago now I graduated. So blew by, um, for me, I took courses in between, um, when I was playing the BC league, I took some courses to kind of chip away at my, you know, my college degree. Um, and then when I, I was an overage in the USHL and made playoffs. So I had to take a full load that year leading up into, um, my RIT. So I had a little bit of a taste. Um, it's definitely a, a different kind of grind, uh, you know, a couple late nights or getting your assignments done. For me, I was always trying to get my stuff done before your Friday, Saturday game. Um, so I had less to do on Sunday after having fun on Saturday night after the games. Um, so I was always trying to get stuff done early. I always took five, six classes a semester. Um, my senior year, because it was only offered in the spring, I only had one class and that was Wednesday, six to nine. So I had a pretty easy going senior spring. Unfortunately, I was hurt, so it kind of um, altered a few plans. But uh, no, it was, uh, it was fun. Um, I was very fortunate to play at RIT. Kind of the selling point was obviously playing time and whatnot, but uh, the more of a selling point was that uh, every class that has come through there has either won a regular season championship or a conference championship. And like I said, winning is one of the best things in the world. So uh, we were fortunate enough to win my sophomore and junior year. We were able to win the conference championship. Uh, my sophomore year, we upset first number 16 seed to upset a number one seed. We beat Mankato, lost in the lead eight to Omaha, Nebraska. And then the following year, we lost to in the sweet 16 to Quinnipiac. So very cool. Like I said, championships are everything. I, I still have the rings from those. Um, it kind of pops up in my memories every now and then. I feel like I've been a little bit distant from RIT and it's something I haven't been back since. Um, but it's something I want to get back to see the coaches, uh, see the players that are there now, um, try to reconnect with some of my college buddies. I feel like ever since I've been in Newfoundland, I kind of just fell into my own little world out here, uh, met a lot of good people that were friends with uh, our local hockey players. Um, and I feel like I'm almost even closer with those guys now. I feel like in a different part of my life, whereas school, I was maybe a little too focused on school at times. Yeah. Um, didn't get all those uh, nights out like I do now and whatnot. So, um, but very cool, very thankful for that opportunity. Like I said, I was able to use hockey. Like, like I said, it could be a sport, it could be anything. To be able to use that, to, you know, chip away your degree while doing what you love is something that obviously I take great pride in, and I'm glad that I was able to go that route. Yeah, and, like, it, when when you think of college hockey, like, you think of, like, the Frozen Four, like, all that. It's like, what, it's like, what was, like, those experiences just going into, like, the Elite Eight, Sweet 16, Frozen uh, frozen four and just like in like those tournaments just to be able because like that's what college hockey is all about at the end of the season yeah it was incredible it was i remember the first time we went it was there's tv cameras everywhere there's kind of almost like a red carpet like you got your name tag you got you got everything it was in notre notre dame my first year i believe so we were at on their campus and i think it was notre dame feels like a blur um but it was just it was the way you're like you said it, it's that's their stanley cup right so yeah it's treated pretty big. You got Bucci Grosh, you got all the big, you know, guys walking around Melrose, all those guys following it and, and broadcasting it. Um, but yeah, very cool. Um, Atlantic hockey doesn't normally get an automatic bid. Um, maybe that'll change over the next few years. I feel like, you know, teams, every team's starting to get better. Every team's starting to get their own rink on campus. I think that helps um, being able to offer, you know, scholarships at every school is going to help as well. Um, so be, for us, we had to win to get in. Um, but yeah, definitely I look back at, it, it's crazy. It's, it's hard to go back to back, obviously. Yeah. 
and we were able to do that within our conference. But uh, I felt like that, obviously you're disappointed in not winning at all, obviously. Um, but I feel like at the college level, it, it's getting to like the first year we were able to get to lead eight. So now you have a taste of, you know, kind of what it takes and it's trying to get back to it the following year. You know, you have another year or two to get back to it. Whereas like now it's, you know, maybe a, a season ending injury can end kind of your career or yeah. teams change so much, you know, a lot more than what they do at the college level, whereas you're together for four years. So it was a cool experience. Um, I'm just, I was happy I was able to get a degree and, and have, you know, team success there. Our first year wasn't very, we had a pretty good team. We obviously lost our captain that year, Matt Garbowski, who was a big hole in our lineup. Um, but, you know, the next two years after that, and then seniors, a couple injuries, you know, I, I'm not going to blame the injuries, but uh, we had, we missed some yeah. key pieces on the back end. And I think that's why we weren't able to, you know, punch through again, but uh, definitely a cool experience and another route that, you know, every player can kind of take a look into and see if that's for them. Yeah, and, like, those are, like, some of the, your best times in college, like, when you're going through, like, those experiences. So, and, like, just to have – you have those for the rest of your life. So, like, what was, like, the big – the big moment where the big – or the big memory that sticks out to you from all four years of college? I think uh, winning. <laughs> winning the championships because at that time, Rochester where the Amherst play that was like the host arena, like that arena held the the conference championships. That's a so sick barn to, too. Cause it's older as well. Right. Yeah, it's an older barn. So being able to kind of just win in front of your own fans twice, um, sitting the next morning, you know, waiting for the, the picks on the, where you're going next. Um, that kind of sticks out. Um, you know, a couple nights that you had throughout, uh, with your teammates. Um, and then probably graduation, having my family there and, you know, my, uh, my ex-girlfriend at the time now and having their family be able to share that moment together. Um, just, you know, the things that we did in the backyard and, and having a good time, kind of just wrapping up four years in it. Like I said, having everyone there, friends and family was made that moment more special. Yeah, that, that's unreal. Great, great memories for sure. But you grew up in Thunder Bay, Can Ontario, Canada, where you play, you play triple A hockey throughout that time for uh, Thunder Bay Kings and before moving on to the Vernon Vipers in the BC and the Prince George Spruce Kings in the BCHL. It's like, what, what was youth hockey like growing up for you and then getting a shot in the BCHL and the USHL? It was good. Um, so I played baseball and hockey growing up. Um, 12 years old, I made uh, the traveling team, the Thunder Bay Kings, the peewee team at that time, or U12, I think it's called now. I can't. Not sure. <laughs> I don't have a child in hockey, so I, I don't, I'm not really sure. Um, I, uh, my dad kind of had a conversation with me and just said, you know, you kind of got to pick, I don't want you taking a spot, you know, showing up to the baseball field, you know, halfway through a game and taking away from another kid who's there all the time and fair point. Um, so made travel hockey that year, the next year, kind of, you know, on the bubble played double a the next two years for Billy Duncan and double a, um, Two, two of some of the best years of my life. And it was when I was 13, 14. I, we won a ch city championship my first year there. I think we lost in the semis the following year. So some pretty good success there. Um, and then we're coming into our, our draft year. And that was when the Kings had a U16 team there. And they actually kind of took our team out and combined it with the major junior uh, team or U18, I guess you'd call it. And uh, so I ended up playing double A that year, which is probably the best thing ever because I played a lot. Um, yeah. And I ended up going to the OHL Cup because we put a team together for it. 
um, wasn't drafted, got invited to Kitchener camp. And then my, me and my dad had another conversation and still grateful for this conversation to this day. And he kind of said, you know, like maybe you should look into going to school. Um, if you go here, you might burn eligibility and, and whatnot. And I kind of look back at that and I tell kind of kids from back home, it's when you get drafted, it's look at yourself in the mirror. I try to get to say, not that you don't have a chance. It's more like, are you an Eric Stahl? Are you a Jordan Stahl? Are you yeah. a Jared Stahl? Are you any of those guys that were able to go there and, and have successful OHL careers? Or would you rather play a year, another year of travel hockey or another year of tier two junior? Just and, develop. And get a few, develop, get a few more reps before you jump. So that's when my dad had that conversation with me. And I was like, honestly, like, I know I'm not that good. Like, I'm not going to go there and make an impact. Yeah, maybe I'll go there and play, but I'm not going to make an impact. And I want to make an impact. So I played double a in my 15 year old year then 16 17 i played travel a, a travel hockey for the the kings there and we had this tournament out in uh, Kelowna, british columbia which is one of the best canadian travel or u18 tournaments i'd say next to the max probably i never went to that but in Kelowna, they kind of built you out so you fly there and they give you to a family so you're there for the family for a whole week uh we won the tournament one year um and i can't remember what we did the other year but anyways that was when uh vernon vipers were in the stands uh, Mark Ferner, uh, Fred Harbinson was in the stands with Penticton. And I know Dave Insulac, O'Brien Hills, and Wayne Wilson, one of the three, they kind of saw me there for the first time because they were in the area watching some BCHL games where they get a lot of their players from. And then long story short, it kind of came down to, I uh, had an opportunity between Penticton and, and Vernon, both, you know, what great organizations, you know, powerhouses of the BCHL at the time. Um, for me, it was Penticton's always stacked. I don't, it wasn't that I didn't believe myself. I'm like, I probably won't play as much as I would in Vernon. Vernon, a little bit more playing time. Not a lot, though, but that's okay. Um, so that's when I had um, committed to Vernon, made the call to Mark Vernon. That way I followed their run. That was the year I think they won the they won their league again, and I think they might have won the national championship that year, um, and then went out there the following year, played a year, most of the year with Vernon. They got traded at the deadline to Prince George, which was almost like another blessing because – with Prince George, I went from not really playing, you know, at the junior level and playing a lot down the stretch yeah. with Prince George and getting that full junior feel. So um, that was the, that was the whirlwind of the, my first junior year. And, but it was, it was great. Like, you know, good experience and, and definitely kind of helped me er, learn early on at 18 um, that uh, it's a different world up in the juniors. Yeah. And like that, that's sometimes like all you need is like where like you to go to where you, where you're going to play because like that you need like you need the reps you need the experience you need the the games to go up to whatever the next level whatever that is so just to be able to go to a team that wants you and that's going to give you that playing time like it helps the helps your development as well as like trying to get seen by other teams which the following year you found yourself in the ushl for two seasons with the sioux fall stampede it's like what was it like going up uh up another level from the BC to the USHL, which is a couple of tier jumps or a couple of jumps away from the BCHL. It's like, what was that whole experience like? It was great. Um, for me, it was, I didn't really want to go back to Prince George. I felt kind of, that was kind of where I felt. I mean, I played a lot, but it just, I, it was just different for me. I was, uh, yeah. didn't know how I felt about it at the time. Marcus Perrier played for Sioux Falls Stampede. He was from Thunder Bay. And he said like, I'll, I'll give a call to coach and just see what he says. So, at the time, you know, my parents, we had a landline phone and uh, I come home from wherever it was that day. And there was a message from coach Kevin Hartzell. And he just said, Hey, I want to, you know, Marcus Perry gave me your name. I want to invite you to camp. Um, 
you know, don't know, you know, don't know if you'll be on the team, but I want to give you an opportunity to come to camp and kind of prove yourself. And I remember that day I said to my dad, I said, I'm packing my bags. And I was like, I'm not coming home. Like I'm going and I'm going to make the team because I, the chat, like at that point it was like, I get, I get an opportunity to play in the USHL. Like this is a dream, a dream come true. Yeah. I was like, I I'm going there. I'm going to make the team. And it's, it's, and that's it. Like I had no other, like I never had any other option. And he's kind of said, well, what doesn't happen? I said, it's happening. I was like, I'm going there. Mark's put in a good word. I'm not going to like let him down. And long story short, made the team that year, played third, fourth line probably, and had a successful year, you know, just learning how that style of hockey. And, you know, we didn't make the playoffs that year. And then the following year is coming back. You know, we had a new head coach with Kerry Eads and, and uh, Christian Bragnell, who was from Thunder Bay and Dallas Stewartson. And we, uh, we had a pretty good team, like I said, and it was just two years and, that second year is when I got injured and I probably committed to RIT a week before. So like I said, it kind of felt like at that point, everything was just falling into place and I was right where I needed to be. And like I said, the USHL is a great league. Um, you look at the BCHL now, I'd probably say I coach out there during COVID for a little bit. Um, it's, you know, they kind of broke away from hockey Canada there. They feel like they they're almost the USHL of Canada now um, allowing that school route uh, situation there, but uh, Sioux Falls, great fans. Um, great hockey the ushl is you look at the just the rate of guys are committing it's uh unless they played major junior and come over maybe and probably going back to cis anyway a lot of the guys you look at this you know the sheet before a game and it's all highlighted they got the logos to every school you know you name it so a very high successful rate um and i think it's just the way they do things you know they they take pride in being that school option that school route and they they really try to develop you kind of but the training, the amount of practices you have, they try to give you that. Uh, so when you do go to college, you know, it's more of a seamless adjustment. Yeah. So like throughout, like you went BCHL to the USHL and like BC is like the USHL of Canada hockey, like you said. It's like, what was the biggest thing you learned from taking that jump and just to uh, be able to develop and grow your game from at the USHL level? Um, For me, it was like... It was different because it was, it was like at that time it was when they only had I think a few imports. I don't know what the rule is now with the USHL. Um, I want to say there was only like four imports maybe allowed when I yeah. played. So you had to really bring it if you're going to be one of those four imports because they could bring pretty much anyone, right? Um, but for me it was just I, I felt it was a little bit more. Well, I don't know if it was more skilled. It was more uh, defensive. It was it was almost harder to score goals. I felt like you know some a lot of guys had cages in that league at the time. The younger guys had to wear a cage, so with a cage naturally comes, you know, fearless, a little bit more fearless yeah. hockey, you know, you can kind of run around a little bit. You can, you can block shots. Like I felt like when I first got there, everyone was blocking a shot. We're in the in BCHL at the time. Um, it was more like go, go, go. Like it was kind of like a track meet, you know? Um, yeah. so that was the only, that was probably the difference at that time. I feel like it's obviously shifted a lot over the years, but, uh, yeah, it was just, it just felt like, you know, when I went to college and watching college hockey, it just felt like the college game at the time um but yeah I was just trying to adjust and and like I said going there I was I didn't want to be anywhere else I was like this is where I got to play my next you know year or two or whatever it may be I need to be here and get myself you know that commitment that I've always wanted so I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna go out easy there yeah I I I love that answer because you're you're always learning throughout those experiences you like especially like when you go up to that next level you have you have to bring it night in night out just like pro hockey and like especially when guys give you like good recommendations you just got to go out and prove prove that like it was a it was the right call to go up to that level and just to be able to just to be that guy that that like that coach uh 
pick to get to that next level and just uh be able to play at that next level yeah and sometimes like i said it's sometimes there's like a, a realization of just reality and whatnot so like that for me in that moment it was just like this is what has to be done this is what i got it like i'm gonna go do yeah. it it was it was just that full-on belief that it was happening there um in that situation and like i said that heartsy um it's funny because i don't think he's on facebook um but he he looks through his wife facebook all the time and i usually get a message from him um you know he still follows me and you know it's it's pretty cool because i feel like you look back he's obviously a big piece to where i am today yeah. I and mean, it's just he gave me an opportunity and and again, like it, there's, there's opportunities out there and some work and some don't. And this, this is one of them. It just so happened to work. Um, you look back, you know, when I was in Vernon, that that run didn't really work and that's okay. It's, some are going to work better than others. And, and like you said, it, it's taken those learning lessons along the way that, like I said, uh, where I am today, I'm, I'm okay. Like I'm content that I was able to do what I did leading up to this point. Is the job done? No, but like I, I could still have happiness and I could still go to sleep at night knowing that, you know, along the way I've made those connections and I, and I have put forth the effort, you know, year after year. Yeah. And it's all, all about those opportunities and everything, but I have one last question for you before we wrap things up here. So you talked about how you were in Toronto that you brought, like you're a speaker guy, like you bring the speaker into to, when you walk in, like what, what's your go-to song for putting on the speaker? So I always walk uh, into the boys are back in town. I don't know. It's just something that uh, I, I think I started. So my first year when I was with the Growlers, my roommate Hudson Ellick always had the speaker. We'd wake up from a nap and he'd show up in front of my door, tunes blaring, and it'd be the funniest thing. I got snap videos saved and I sent it to him every year and we get a good chuckle out of it. Um, and I was like, I got to get one of these. Like it's a Bose 360. So I was like, I got to get one of these. I need it. And then I, uh, so I think it was the second season in Newfoundland or the third. And I just started, it was just kind of like, Hey, we're back in town. Like the growlers are back in town. Yeah. Boys are back in town. I never really blare it next to like an opposing locker room. I'm not trying to stir it up that way. It's just more like, Hey, like yeah. we're back. Like, let's go. Stay um, loose, have fun. Yeah. Yeah. And I get, to, but I get to Toronto. I'm walking in with Ryan Chazowski and Matteo Pichonero. Matteo gets like secondhand embarrassment. So he's about like 10, 20 feet behind me. And he's like, I'm not walking with you. And Chiz <laughs> is like just behind me. And he's like videotaping it. I was like, I need a new song. I was like, I'm, I'm in Toronto now. I was like, so I would put on levels by Avicii and I said, well, I'm moving up levels. So here we go. And like I said, I think I got in the room and I want to say unreal. Kyle Clifford was there um, at the time. And I, I think Jordy Ben might've been there or Shazi. And like I said, they, they kind of like, like Cliffy looked at me at first. Like it was, it was really funny because it was just like, I'm not going to change who I am and I'm going to bring a little bit of, you know, light to the situation and, and like, it's a game at the end of the day. It's, it's have fun. This is like yeah. how I am, who I am. I didn't want to step on anyone's toes, but it was just kind of just showing like, you know, who I am and like, you know, you, you can get along with me too. I'll, I'm chill, you know? <laughs> yeah. that That's unreal. That's a, that's a good story to, to like have like your call up be like walk into it for, from a call up and just being blasting new levels just like that. But uh, <laughs> you, you gotta have some fun, right? Yeah, like I guess at the end of the day, we're playing a game for a living, yeah. and uh, we're very fortunate. Yeah, exactly. But Scurves, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate your time, and I want to wish you the best of luck wherever you end up for next season. Yeah, thanks for having me on. We'll have to do it again. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. Sounds good. I'll talk to you soon, brother. Yeah, see you, buddy.